Hello and God bless. This is Laurentine Ramsey here again with another episode of A Village Perspective, where we're diving deep into the Word of God so that we can bring the Word to life. Today, we're going to be starting a new series called Broken Things. This is going to hit hard in so many different areas, and I hope you're ready. Now, let's join Pastor Nathaniel Ramsey as he begins. Well, God bless you, everyone. Pastor Nate Ramsey here with you from Restoration Village Ministries. When I began to think about broken things, I remember the Lord uh, just speaking to me concerning ministering on this. And I heard him say, brokenness is the ultimate reason of why I died for you. And it made me begin to think about some things when it comes down to my life and my life, the life of others and my family members and what transpires when we talk about brokenness, uh, whether it's a broken marriage, whether it's a broken relationship, uh, even broken spirits, uh, bodies, uh, even our finances can find themselves in a broken capacity. And I <clears throat> went to the book of Genesis because I thought that this would be a good place to start in speaking of brokenness. And there are several places in Genesis I can pull this past, this scripture and this thought. But Genesis 1, verses 27, 28, and 31. I wanted to read that as a foundation as we move forward in this particular podcast concerning this topic. And the scripture says, so God created man in his own image, in the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And verse 31 said, Then God saw everything that he had made, and indeed it was very good. So the evening and the morning were the sixth day. And the more that I I look at that passage of scripture, the more that I understand that when God made us, male and female, when God created man in his own image, the purpose was for mankind to be a whole individual. When I read these scriptures, I don't see something poorly thought of and thrown together because that's not the kind of God that we serve. As a matter of fact, our God is a very intentional God. But what I see is the work of the master craftsman meticulously and divinely shaping the clay or what the scripture calls the dust of man into a vessel, a vessel that is whole and acceptable in the sight of God. As creator, his intimate knowledge of us affirms our origin as well as our frailty. Now, I say that because I want us to be aware of the simple fact that God knows everything about us. 
He's our designer. He has the blueprint, right? He has intimate knowledge of us. He has knowledge of us that some of the greatest scientists of today's society do not have. There are things that they yet do not know about man, about this created being. So when we talk about him as creator and the intimate knowledge that he has, it affirms that our origin as well as our frailty. In other words, no one but God could create us in the capacity that he has to do the things that we've been able to do and still can do. All right. And at the same time, God knows the frailty of who we are, who we've been created to be. Clearly, we are not who he is, but God created us in such a manner that we would be able to be pleasing in his sight and to accomplish his will in the earth realm. That's what he wanted to do, to create a being that would accomplish the work that he wanted to be done, his will, for his good pleasure in the earth realm. Now, his confirmation of the end product was simply this, very good. Other things that he created, heavens and the earth, he spoke that they were good. But when he said very good of mankind, it let me know that he was speaking to his satisfaction, to the satisfaction with his own work. And I know that God is a perfect God. He is all-knowing. He's omnipresent. He's omnipotent omniscient, all of those things. But when God said it was very good, that sounded to me like there was an extra level of satisfaction in knowing, yes, I got this right because he's created in my own image. So there's something special about man that you and I need to be aware of that God specifically purposed and design that we would be above uh, the plant life. We would be above uh, other created things and beings, but just like him in so many ways. Now, there was no need to consider brokenness when it came to man until sin entered into the garden. And of course, we know the story of what took place with Adam and Eve and how their disobedience uh, brought forth. Uh, The woman was deceived, but the man disobeyed. Clearly, we know that in the scripture. Now, here's the thing about sin. And it's worth noting that when sin entered, there was a negative impact upon the relationship and fellowship of man and God. The the initial impact was definitely negative. What did they do? They went, they hid from him, uh, and uh the woman blamed blamed uh Satan or the serpent and and then Adam bring the woman and everybody was blaming everybody else. Nobody was taking responsibility and accountability, which is what God had designed them to do, but sin flipped that upside down. That caused 
no one to really be or operate in the capacity that they were designed to operate in at that moment in time. So that negative impact upon that relationship uh, and that fellowship. And I say relationship simply because that there was peace in the garden before this transpired. There was a peace and a harmony that only God could have construed and uh, put together. And then when it comes down to the fellowship that they had with him, that was something else that we always have to keep in mind that God had purposed and planned that we could have that level of fellowship, that level of koinonia that he desired for man to have with him. So in the midst of this, there were some things that were impacted that are very important to our relationship with the Father, to our uh, fellowship with him. And we know when sin interrupted that, then there was a need for a remedy for sin. And we know that that came through our Lord and Savior, Jesus to Christ. Now, I want to move forward because I want to say some things specifically about brokenness and broken things. Brokenness within itself can have a negative or a positive impact on us. As we continue to uh, keep in mind that uh, God's purpose was that we be whole and not broken. So when we start to look at brokenness, we can see it from a negative or a positive position. From a negative position, we can simply see that how it impacts our lives and how it causes us to move into areas of our lives or into things in our lives that are not beneficial for us. Uh, from a positive impact, we can see uh, operating under the, the Spirit of God, the Word of God, or the leadership of the Holy Spirit. We can break with God's help those situations, those circumstances, those bondages uh, that may be in our life. So we have an ability to break those things that were not purposed for us. So when we look at it, we don't want to look at it in just one way or in one capacity. We have to look at it from a negative and a positive manner. But for the most part, when we're talking in this series, we're talking at it uh, about it from a negative impact. Although we may experience ups and downs, and I, and I want to say this uh, in life, God wants us to experience what we can describe as multiple positive inflection points in our lives. And when we are, when we're talking uh, about an inflection point, yeah, and we know that we can see that from different areas, most of the time in math with graphs and things of that nature. If you go back and you look at them for us in life, uh, an inflection point is simply this, that place in life where we begin to trend upwards from where we are and never go back down to that area again. Now, let me make this extremely and clear. And, and once again, many times we will see this as a breakthrough. Uh, we'll see this as a breakout in our lives. When that happens, uh, we can see it from a standpoint of saying, hey, uh, I won't go back to being that 
uh, that jealous type of person. Or I won't go back to being that person who has no control over their emotions ever again. I will move forward and upward uh, in my mindset, in my emotions and everything that God has purposed for me to have in my life. Uh, knowing that if I do, then I do have the victory in the midst of a situation that previously had the victory over me. Amen, somebody. Uh, it is so key for you and I to know that victory belongs to us. We were designed to be victorious. Uh, the Bible says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. So I'm saying whatever stronghold that has found itself, that has developed in your life, understand that the weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal. But our weapons are divinely designed by God. They're the word of God. They're the power of the spirit of God operating in our lives. Mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. And you and I know that when a stronghold develops, there is a challenge, a major challenge to remove that stronghold from our lives. And I often think about how strongholds come into play. And I realize that when we take a simple principle and think about it, uh, anything, and I want to say this, here's, here's a principle. Anything you do habitually has the power to subdue what you do occasionally. When we are talking about strongholds, we are talking about giving ourselves over to something habitually that is not good for us or that is damaging to us and that will continue to tear away at the very fabric, not only of who we are uh, physically, but who we are uh, mentally, who we are emotionally, who we are spiritually. So when we talk about making sure that we are not being bound or we're not in bondages, then we need to make sure that what we're doing habitually is of God. What we're doing habitually will feed our spirit man and not our fleshly man so that we can subdue any of those opportunities and times that may show up, unfortunately, that are occasionally. The Bible says the flesh warreth against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these two are contrary one to the other. So make no mistake, they are contrary to one another. But it is up to us to make the proper decision to give in to the spirit man and not the flesh man in the midst of that battle. Now, when we begin to speak of broken things, broken people, or even broken situations, there really is a lot to consider. And if I can just harp on a few, just for a couple of moments, uh, just in a, from a general standpoint, we can really see the importance of operating in wholeness and, and operating in the will of God and under the leadership of the Spirit of God in our lives by the word of God. And we know when we're talking about brokenness, 
Uh, in general, we're not talking about something that's within the will of God. But can I say this, even in the midst of this, and I, as I'm sharing this word, the Spirit of God is talking, talking to me and letting me know that even sometimes when we're in our situation, we have to be broken. God will allow certain types of brokenness to come into our lives such that we can be prepared for a future destiny for the outcome that he has already designed for us. So in that manner, uh, being broken and God allowing it to take place is important because we are moving to a better place in that brokenness. We're moving to a greater level of maturity, uh, greater insight and wisdom in the midst of that brokenness. And one of the areas that I know that has impacted uh, society in such a, a great manner and in such a negative way is broken marriages. Uh, and if I can speak just for a moment on this, uh, broken marriages, marriage is the covenant of God, first and foremost. I want to say that this is not man's design. This is not man's thought. This is not man's idea. But this is God's plan for man and woman. Marriages are what God has put in place, divinely put in place for a man and a woman to come together as one and leave father, leave mother and establish their own oneness and relationship. Become one, the scripture says. Uh, we have, we no longer operate in that total, uh, place of self alone, but uh, two have now in the sight of God become one. And I've noticed over the years, even in my own marriage, I've understood that the covenant of marriage is such a powerful covenant that we cannot take it lightly. And we can look at uh, the divorce rate. Uh, we can look at uh, a lot of things when it comes to marriage, the separations, uh, the multiple marriages and things of that nature. And, and I'm not trying, I'm not here to try to, uh, be judgmental of anyone. I'm just saying what the word of God says. And, and I understand that when I look at the covenant of marriage, we understand and see that it was not to be taken lightly and still is not. It was not to be something that would promote uh, damage to either individual, uh, lifetime damage in some cases, but uh, to promote a spirit of love, uh, agape love, uh, joy, uh, oneness, family. These are the things that God had in mind when it comes to marriages. And it's so unfortunate how uh, it has become an institution that has created, in some cases, even more hurt than joy, uh, more pain than laughter. And uh, my prayer uh, is for healing of marriages. And, and I understand uh, the pain that comes because I've experienced it. Uh, the pain that comes when there is a separation, the pain that comes when there is a divorce. And I, I pray that God will continue to share and release unto us, divinely release unto us, the wisdom and the insight that is necessary for us to help grow and develop 
our marriages and our relationships into very healthy relationships into healthy marriages that glorify the kingdom of God. Um, one other area I did want to speak about uh, is our finances, brokenness in our finances. And it's God's will that we prosper. John said it very clearly. And be in health, even as our soul prospers. And we can never think that God has a plan for us to continually be broke, busted, and disgusted. But God has promises for us that speak to our blessings, that speak to our increase, that speaks to wealth in his word. And we should be well aware of them. We should seek God for them like we seek him for every other promise. But know that in the midst of each and every one of these situations, there is a process before the promise. We have too many people that are living, even in our society today, in the body of Christ, uh, kingdom citizens that are looking for the promise, but are not willing to engage and to go through the process. So I encourage you to even know that those are great promises that God has for us, but there always is a process along the way. Thank you again for joining us on A Village Perspective. Come back next week for part two. As you go today, remember, stay blessed and keep God first.